Welcome to episode 112 of The Startup Show. Today, I'm hosting my first sports tech startup and we're talking about golfing, we talk about entrepreneurship and the importance of risks and raising money at the right time. Make sure to stay tuned. Welcome everybody to episode 112 of the Startup Show. Today we are here at the offices of Chipping and I'm very excited to speak today with the CEO and co-founder Thomas. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, such a pleasure to have you. It's really exciting. We actually met about, I would say, what, two weeks ago at the Xugle event, which is like the alumni network of Google. And um, I'm really excited because it's actually my first uh, sports tech startup. Um, on my show, which is very exciting. I want, I like to have a little bit of a diverse portfolio of startups. So Thomas, maybe take it away, give us a two minute insights in who you are uh, before we get started talking about your startup. All right, well, uh, I'm kind of a golf nut, uh, I can admit, uh, even though I have to say I started a little bit late. So you can see and tell from my gray hair that I'm not <laughs> the youngest one, really. Uh, I have a background already in finance. I've been working in finance for the past uh, 25 years and eventually thought I will need to do something uh, which uh, kind of suits me from my hobby perspective. And I started uh, doing some stuff in golf. So I'm a family father of two kids. Uh, my wife uh, is a flight attendant, so she, we are very international. And my two young kids uh, start to kind of uh, play golf as well. And that <laughs> kind of makes me proud. I looked at your LinkedIn profile uh, the other day and I saw chief risk officer, everything with risk. I mean, startups is probably one of the biggest risks you can <laughs> take in life. But maybe you can elaborate a little bit why you made this move from, let's say, corporate world to entrepreneurship and startup life. Well, again, as a man, I can admit that I turned 50 and yes. <laughs> uh, I, I figured that uh, at my half year age or half century age that uh, I wanted to do something different. I mean, being a chief risk officer or risk manager for a large part of my life, I figured I need to have a change. And uh, that's where I thought I'm going to do something entrepreneurial. Well, you're absolutely right. As a risk manager, <laughs> you typically try to avoid risk. Yes. And uh, I figured if I'm going to go entrepreneurial, I'm going to go for something which is, uh, can be risk managed, but uh, still has some challenges. Calculated risk. <laughs> <That's> Calculated <laughs> risk, yes. Yeah, good, good, good way to explain it, yes. <laughs> Very good. So when you look at entrepreneurship today, you know, what, what is the fascinating part of it, especially, let's say, with your expertise in, or experience in life compared to corporate world? Well, I mean, there's always a boss, right? So yes. in this sense, uh, to some extent, I am my boss, even though I mentioned that I'm married, so I have another <laughs> boss there too. Uh, but being your own boss, you basically work for your own company. You define where you go, you define at which speed you go, uh, and uh, you are really responsible for the entire part. So you can't delegate responsibility anymore. And I think that's something which I really like. Chipping, give us a little breakdown of uh, what you guys do here, maybe a short elevator pitch so we understand. Well, chipping uh, could stand for almost anything. It could be kind of a car tuning thing, but uh, sure. effectively what we're doing is chipping stands for chip inside a golf ball. We're making smart golf balls. Golf yeah. is a very exciting sport. Uh, you play around as uh, 50 million people play uh, golf around the world. And the very interesting part about golf is it's so challenging, but sometimes also so annoying because you hit a great shot out on the fairway. I mean, every golfer that's going to be watching that knows what I'm saying now. Uh, you hit it out up front and you think it's going to be lying out there in the fairway. 
and effectively you woke up and you don't find it ever again. And this is so disappointing. And next to that, it is also quite an interesting thing because uh, 500 million golf balls getting lost every year. And that's where my entrepreneurial spirit kicked in. And uh, I think we're going to make smart golf balls, which will A, allow you to find the golf ball again. But B, secondly, uh, you'll get the entire statistics, how you played, where you played, when you played, were you better than the last time? How did you play comparing to the community? And kind of really getting uh, everything electronic nowadays. Where do you stand right now? Can I buy them already or are they in the market? Where are you standing with the development? Right. Well, we spent the past uh, two years developing the golf ball. Also, uh, maybe from my background perspective, I'm not a techie guy. <laughs> so I figured the challenging thing yeah. would be coming up with the chip, you know. And effectively, what turned out to be more challenging was really coming up with a great golf ball around the chip. Uh, so what we have, we have uh, prototypes which are basically finished. We're just in the final discussions about which material we're going to be used. And we are ready to prepare and build the golf balls uh, to order. So we expect at the beginning, mid-2018, to have them on the market. Mm -hmm. So when you look, I mean, one of the key things, let's say, investors look at is market potential, which you just mm -hmm. mentioned. But also they look at, let's say, the product market fit. Mm -hmm. Is the product that you are about to sell something that the market really wants? And this is some of the key questions that they ask. Number one is, did you find product market fit? And if not, how will you find it? And how does it manifest itself in, in your process development? Well, uh, it's hard not to find the market fit effectively because once we came up with the web page, people started uh, to Google us and find us on other search engines. And we're having a lot of people visiting our web page, which obviously makes us proud without doing any marketing. I made kind of the mistake to put up my uh, email address. Okay. And uh, that uh, gave me like three to four uh, emails per day, like asking, where can I buy the balls? So effectively what we did, not to get all those emails, I mean, I love getting emails, don't take me wrong. Uh, I love getting orders even more. Uh, but the point is, it really, I had to spend uh, half of my day answering those emails. So what we did, we set up like a pre-launch or pre-order link on the webpage, and uh, we started getting orders in. Uh, people are just getting in there, they're getting their orders in, they place them in there. We tell them, you're not going to get the ball straight away, you're going to get them in some couple of months. We're also not taking any fee or any charge on that. But you just deposit your name, your address, yeah. and your credit card, which again, not going to get debited. And we got like 3,000 orders in without doing any marketing. So uh, we know there's, there's a market <laughs> and then uh, interest outside. Yeah. Sure. Walk me through the technology that you're currently using. You know, what, what can you track? What is now possible to track? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just a little bit of the tech talk. Right, the tech talk. Well, we tried to make it easy. We wanted to have a product which is not complex. Uh, we wanted a, a product where you just buy the golf balls, you walk out on the golf course, and typically everybody has kind of a, a Bluetooth device on him. Normally it's a smartphone, but it can be as a smart watch. And uh, you can connect it uh, basically to your smart device via Bluetooth. So basically you connect your ball to your smart device and then you're good to go. Basically what the ball does, uh, you're getting uh, kind of its place, you're getting its speed, it's getting its measurements, uh, all the measurements that you crave for. Uh, typically uh, you know how you played, where you played and on which course you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when, when you look at um, the technology that you have right now, it seems to me that every game that has a ball included, you kind of can use this technology. Is this something that you are considering in, let's say, when you look down the roadmap of your company? Well, it's one of the entrepreneurial things. You try to find out what the big market is, of course. Yes. So yes, uh, we've been looking into other potential fields as well. Uh, however, that's also one of my lessons learned is you need in an entrepreneurial startup 
focus on what you do. So don't get too large really on, on a couple of the things. But uh, we indeed got a couple of requests from uh, ice hockey and from baseball leagues uh, about uh, putting potentially our chip inside their balls. I mean, it's very exciting. Do you have, can you patent uh, your technology or? Uh, we try. You try? <laughs> we filed a patent uh, some three years ago. Uh, yeah. So uh, it takes obviously a while to get a patent approved. Sure. But we've got a patent pending in the entire world, except maybe some uh, destinations which we didn't uh, care for, really. So when you look um, more, let's say, in the big IoT space trends that you see currently, let's say, putting a chip somewhere in, is it something that like you see like currently being very trendy? Um, or like something that you see around you, maybe also in the Swiss startup ecosystem? where you would say like that's like a specific trend in the sports sector? Well, you see a trend that everything's kind of getting obviously smart or everybody tries to get everything smart. I'm not sure it's, I would appreciate having a chip inside a chocolate bar, you know. <laughs> Might tell me something about my digestion, which I don't <laughs> want to know. Um, but uh, the thing is also, we really decided to focus on something where the potential is very high. Yeah. If you look particularly into golf, Golf is played by a lot of people and it's very traditional and it's very analog if you want. So nobody really tackles this field. So it's a big wide space, uh, which we try obviously to occupy. But isn't it also like more like the higher end uh, people who can afford, let's say, the golfing? I think the perception is there, but it's really changed in the past uh, 10, 20 years, particularly also here in Switzerland, where we are located. Uh, we have a big company which stands behind uh, the sports in general and they made it open to public. So in contrary to other locations and destinations in the world, we kind of really had a growing population of people starting playing golf. And uh, that's good. It's uh, getting younger than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Well, you're also here in Zurich. Maybe do you have like contact, let's say, to other startups and you see like, you know, like kind of like the ecosystem here, any like, you know, take that um, you would say like something that is working really well in this ecosystem or something that like we can maybe, you know, still improve? The one thing about Switzerland, I think we have the highest on per capita percentage on patent files and uh, other inventions. However, there's a tendency in Switzerland, which I still kind of feel, is uh, the people are, well, I'm not saying necessarily secretive, but they are more confidential. So sometimes you don't know what is all around here. Uh, so I think we certainly could do a little bit better on uh, kind of putting up on the table what kind of uh, expertise is around and what technology so people could really capitalize on that and not uh, reinvent uh, the wheel. We, we call this section the audience asks. So what happens usually is I ask online and on various social media channels. This time I did it a little bit different because my father-in-law is actually a big golfing fan so i um said to him give me a challenging question and i hope i hope i don't know i don't know if it's challenging for you probably not he asked the following how does the embedded technology affect the quality of the ball a question we hear quite a lot so yeah. uh, it's not it's not new to me but it's effectively the most the hardest one you can get. <laughs> yes <laughs> i knew why i asked him because again like i'm not golfing i'm not very big into sports so curious to know what you have to say mm. about this that's what I mentioned before in the discussion uh, where I thought the biggest challenge would be to come up with a chip yeah. and the technology to get the signal out. But effectively, the, the biggest challenge was really to come up with a golf ball that performs like a golf ball, that sounds like a golf ball, that looks like a golf ball. I know it sounds kind of stupid, yeah. but uh, it, it's really a challenge because uh, the technology that you build inside a golf ball has to be very durable. Uh, I mean, uh, such a golf ball gets hit when, when you hit it with, with a driver, 
that's the biggest club really, uh, it gets uh, basically an uh, impact of about three to 400 G-forces. So uh, if you ask an electronics uh, company or a provider, they don't really like hammering on your chips. And so we had to find out a way obviously on protecting this technology uh, within the golf ball. And doing that, we had to compensate obviously on for the performance of the golf ball. And at the same time, keeping in mind that there's a regulation in, in the golf industry, which tells you uh, the weight should not be uh, higher than a certain amount and the golf ball should not be smaller than a certain size. We spent really one and a half years developing a golf ball that performs like a golf ball. And we had to come up with a high performance material, which is better than in standard golf balls. Uh, to compensate for kind of a, if you want, the dead material inside uh, of the chip. What about, let's say, the weight when it's flying? Uh, it has absolute no impact because uh, we catered for that. You have just a weight distribution, which might be slightly different. So you can either put the weight in the core of the golf ball or in the outer perimeters of the golf ball. But as long as you have basically the maximum weight, which is allowed, you're good to go. So that's what we uh, catered for and uh, we're com uh, fulfilling all the requirements from the golf ball industry. Uh, so one of the next steps will be also filing this golf ball with the R&A, which is the golf regulator in Europe and uh, basically get it approved on the so-called uh, approved golf ball list. <laughs> okay, approved golf. That's interesting. Okay, very cool. I didn't know that, that something like this exists. Okay, what's the best way to reach out to potential investors? Uh, well, be communicative, uh, be open. Don't try to hide your technology. Don't try to basically say, well, this is a secret. I can't share that with you. And one of the things that I found out, NDAs are great, but they're inhibitive as well. So <laughs> just be open, be frank. Tell us one thing you learned the hard way. In startups, nothing is easy, nothing comes easy. So you really have to elaborate and have to learn everything. I think there's been a couple of ways where we tried to build up a golf ball the way we thought it's going to be easy to just go down this alley. And uh, we had so many uh, deterns and uh, fallbacks. So I think the worst one was really just in the beginning where we thought we were, we're kind of done and uh, we hit the golf ball with our golf ball cannon and it just bursts apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so most important characteristic in a team member? Very open, uh, direct. Don't try to hide when you fail on something. Just be very open. It's a startup environment. It's not completely risk-free, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually more risk if you try to hide something which you kind of failed to, to do because uh, uh, that's the way it's going to make it more complicated. What's most important to you in an investor? On an investor side, I personally, well, I mean, everybody loves smart investors and smart money, of course. For me, important in an investor is, uh, again, it depends on in which state you are as a company. To some extent, I'd like the investor to bring something to the table, next to the money, of course, but uh, also uh, some kind of patience, I think. Because uh, not always, and in this environment where we work at, you get immediately to the goal where you can start basically producing and selling. Yeah. How do you come up with the idea? It was really kind of a typical back of the envelope situation where you hang up with your friends where you played golf in yeah. the 19th hole, which is basically the bar. And uh, you tell the guys why you lost the golf balls and why everybody was uh, responsible for it, just not yourself. Uh, so we basically just figured out that in the 21st century, there must be a solution to yes. find golf balls and get something more out of the game.
We are now getting into the expert advice. Expert advice, we want to get like a little nugget of your wisdom for future generations documented on my channel. So maybe you can give us um, where you feel you are the expert in something. Um, give us a short statement. Well, one of my um, uh, experiences during the uh, golf ball production was kind of a discussion uh, in, inside with my, with my uh, business partner. Shall we come up with the so-called MVP first and basically produce everything around it so we can present it? and get fundraised uh, to, for the next um, uh, stage. And what I kind of came to realize that the world nowadays works largely differently. Uh, you almost have to come up with your big thoughts, your big ideas, uh, make a nice marketing around it, uh, come up with uh, maybe a mock-up if you want, but not necessarily working MVP, and uh, present that to the investors uh, and, and raise the money first before you obviously spend everything on building an MVP and the prototype and run out of cash. So, uh, <laughs> so early, this is one thing, early, early raise, planning. Yeah, no, early fundraising, I guess. Early fundraising and early planning, how you plan to spend it. And if you know that you're going to run out of cash eventually, plan for the next phase. Always raising. That's one of the things. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, That's what they say. I'm not sure if it's always raising. I think raise as much as needed. But, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the things as well is don't, don't uh, sell the entire stake of your company uh, immediately. Right. Because uh, if you go big, then uh, you might regret it. Right, absolutely. Good. So thank you very much, Thomas, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank and you. thank you very much, everybody who stayed all the way till the end of this video. Thank you very much for being here today with me and have a great day.